BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Ah, it's good to be back. It's been far too long. All recharged from the All-Star break, ready to rock. Got some news to discuss here, of course. And then going to get into one of Danny's favorite topics. In fact, when I suggested this to him, we didn't get a chance to talk that much over the break. But he instantly wrote up an entire sheet uh, breaking down. I think we have like five or six pages worth of information on all these teams. So very excited to get going to discuss the great tank race of 2018 uh soon to be a relic of a bygone era but we have one last wonderful tank race to talk about but first uh, let's get to some news starting with another bombshell from noted newsmaker greg popovich the sequencing of this i think is maybe the most interesting part of it there there i don't necessarily think we need to get into a lot of the large-scale things we can but greg popovich said that he would be surprised this was i I believe it was their first practice after you know during the all-star break but, but, but when they were getting back saying that he would be surprised if Kawhi Leonard played this season there has been some ambiguity that has to my knowledge has not been clarified on what this season means whether that is regular season 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 or as the my favorite optimistic person was saying season meaning the physical season so when it turns to spring which is just awesome like <laughs> like that's March 30th so okay he won't play until March no, 30th no, no. but it's, after it's that March, it'll be okay. it's March 21st. What are you talking about, man? Where did you go? Uh, to oh, school? sorry, March. Yeah, I meant March 20th. Hey, I haven't recorded. I haven't recorded with you in a week, so I I, I can be a little bit rusty. <laughs> Do they but were they what, teaching some like alternative thing in the Marin County schools about like you know spring? Well, yeah, they, prob- when, when they, they probably they probably were, but I don't remember it. And <laughs> but but why this is why what makes this a different degree? Obviously, that is a huge story, and we need to talk about that story. Was what happened immediately after that, and that was the Woj piece. Which the most the bombshell part of that was that Kawhi Leonard has been medically cleared to play and is is not being out and, and so you have these two things coming out at almost exactly the same time presumably coming from the same basic camp because there's no conceivable reason why Kawhi's people or Kawhi himself would want that revealed because it doesn't exactly make him look good even if it can be justified. Yeah, I think you would have to believe that it's likely coming from the Spurs camp and it's rare that stuff gets out of the Spurs camp although they have been you know a little bit less locked down of late but that said yeah Kawhi's camp wouldn't want that out there there's no 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 possible reason that it could benefit him maybe it could be some player on the team who knows that that's the case and is leaking it I don't think that that's necessarily where it would be from either so if it is coming from the team why on earth would you leak that you know I mean it really makes very little sense to me because you're going to alienate your player further I mean, the, the last time that we saw something like this was Derek Rose with the Bulls. And we know that that ended certainly extremely poorly. And I think it was really the fact that obviously Rose was never the same player, which was a big problem. But the fact that he was cleared to return in 2013 and did not was obviously a massive measure of frustration from the fan base. And this is another thing where, you know, he never had a surgery. He, If you're just a normal fan, you're thinking like, hey, why is it this guy coming back? And it's just 
just you know it makes the guy the other thing that i always hate when teams say is oh well it's just gonna be a matter of pain management like oh you're a wuss if you basically like can't handle the pain and, and come back but obviously if you're in pain a you're not gonna be as effective b you're probably gonna favor it and hurt something else as well but so i really don't understand what the point of of this is and bontemps raised a point which i think is an interesting one i don't think that the chances of this are high but if he doesn't play again this season and we'll talk about the implications of that just for the spurs this season in a moment but if he doesn't play again this season is it possible that just this could be his last game in a spurs uniform because now he'll be eligible regardless of whether he plays a minute more this year for that designated player extension if he either is offered that and doesn't take it or perhaps after having missed an entire season they would be loath to offer that to him and then you know since he has a player option the next summer summer 2019 when a ton of teams are gonna have cap space and there's this idea that he's alienated from the organization maybe there's a thought that they could try to move him it's surreal and i had you know so you have these kind of competing elements in play and one of them is to this point no player who has been offered the designated veteran contract either as an extension or as a new contract has declined it but we have seen a few players get treated in so the offer could never have been made paul george is among these demarcus cousins is is one of those as well jimmy butler well the pacers surely would have offered it to george had he qualified but yeah cousins and butler you could make the argument that part of why perhaps he they were treated was because the teams didn't want to offer them that right and this is different because i mean Kawhi last year we included him in the four players we talked about in that in-depth podcast for mvp and there's a very good argument to be made that per minute which is not how the mvp is decided he was that for the league it was just that he had less playing time because the spurs are very measured with how they play guys and to have him basically miss this entire year is a game changer and yes san antonio has been very good this year especially in light of it i mean i pick pop for a coach of the year every time we've done awards largely on that margin and at the same time if Kawhi leonard isn't playing for them they're not the same team and all of a sudden they become this team that can still win a bunch of regular season games but is the squad of that kind of three through eight mix that i think every western conference team would most want to play yeah the spurs uh, point differential projects to be below that uh, of the wolves thunder and even uh, the jazz they're looking at a high 40s win type of team right now and there may be in their projection still some sort of a thought that leonard could return it's really i mean the big benefit of this probably would be either the thunder or the wolves if you imagine that either of those two teams could get the three seed avoiding golden state um and also you would say that the warriors would be a big benefit as well if the thunder could move up to the number three seed although they have not been playing incredibly well themselves of late since uh robertson went out but yeah just i mean it, it kind of sucks though man if, if he really isn't going to play more and it's funny because you know there have been a few rumblings from some of the spurs beat writers just like oh you know i kind of have a gut feeling it'll be you know after the all-star break he might start to ramp up again and then Woj just saying in his piece that you know he's been working out with some supervision by the spurs staffers he was clear to say that uh in new york of late over the all-star break so maybe there's some hope that he could return that he could give it a go pop kind of you know in his comments and maybe this Woj piece maybe there's a little more of like hey you know what like if you're gonna try it you better do it soon because you know we need to get you reintegrated and we don't want to just bring you back two weeks before the season ends so maybe there's a little more hope here uh and and maybe this is just some sub subterfuge but i I don't know it's uh, very disconcerting uh, to be sure and the murmurs that we've heard in various circles about acrimony or just coolness whatever between Kawhi and the spurs this if the path that it sounds like especially with the Woj part is coming in the way we did help it's not going to help and it could it could seriously hurt it and so maybe we need to put more credence in that i mean san antonio has been this you know mecca they've been so simpatico for all these years but a Kawhi leonard is an entirely different person he wasn't a part of a lot of those great spurs runs he's not really a peer of manu and tim and tony guys who they didn't necessarily come up rigidly together but they were all around at the same time for such a long time and so i had i had always kind of dismissed that because it hasn't the you know it hasn't really been the spurs way but that 
I'm way more open to it now than I was before. That does not mean Kawhi's going to leave. That does not mean anything like that. But I'm not writing it off the same way. One reason for optimism and, and one reason for pessimism overall for the Spurs franchise. The reason for optimism, yeah, okay, they may not want to offer him that designated player better an extension. You imagine if he gets offered that, especially coming off a year where he didn't play at all, you have to take it this offseason. And maybe, you know, he would, by the time they would be able to offer that, they can't do it until July 1st. And so maybe by that point, he'll have proved that he's completely healthy again. Even if he does not play, he'll have another two, three months. I mean, they'll probably get eliminated in the first or second round, obviously, if he doesn't play. But also worth noting that if the Spurs decided, hey, you know what? We're not comfortable offering you that designated player veteran extension yet. They could wait until the beginning of training camp as well. Uh, I'm sorry, the start of the season as well, you know, as the Russell Westbrook waited this year. So maybe he proves he's healthy in training camp and then plays. Or maybe they even wait until the very end of the season. And he's still, although it wouldn't be an extension, they could offer him well over $50 million more than another team could with both being able to offer the 35% max and the extra year. So even then, you know, even if there is acrimony, I mean, he would still have to qualify for uh, All-NBA so he could get it. But if he doesn't qualify for All-NBA again next year after not playing at all this year, then he probably wouldn't want to give him that contract anyway. So maybe they feel like, hey, you know what? Like, sure, maybe he could leave. You know, maybe it's not his priority, but we can offer him so much more money than all these other teams. That's the positive. The negative is if they have to move on from him this summer or feel like they should, and then, you know, Greg Popovich, he's got this 2020 Olympics, but, you know, he's in in his late 60s now. I mean, maybe this is just kind of the end of the Spurs as we know them finally as a real contender, which has been waiting on for so long, but then it looked like they could prop the door open with Kawhi. He was going to be so good, and then they're going to have this cap space which they've now squandered and you know there's been rumors that part of Kawhi's discontent is the fact that they have no way of getting anybody else in now or or that nobody wants to come to San Antonio but I still think if they had kept the door open a little bit more for this upcoming summer that maybe the, that could have been different so uh, definitely it's, it's nothing is faded completely yet but it's very possible we could look back on this moment as a real crossroads for this Spurs franchise where they just you know this is the end of this Spurs run finally there's also a crazy risk involved with this that isn't really there with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been discussed as being like the next super young superstar to change teams. Anthony Davis, if he were moved in the near term, would have multiple years under contract. Kawhi, let's say the Spurs decide to do that, it's a one year. It's a one year thing. Now, some yeah. teams would see it as a rental plus, but and he's remember, coming off a, a whole exactly. year as well. You're, right. you're not going to get the same whole, return. You you're not going to get the same return. And I wonder if the idea that him having medical clearance and not playing would give certain teams pause i mean we've already seen kawaii yeah. seen Kyrie, and, and, and that's why this is so ridiculous again that this got out because what even if that's the case like why would you want to like shit all over his trade value at the, right. at the very least so yeah it, it's a it's a remarkable situation because it's the spurs i mean it's it's remarkable either way just because he's a huge part of the league but this makes it so much more so much harder to calibrate and hard harder to deal with because you know players have been unhappy before players have missed time the derrick rose thing is probably the closest comp here but the bulls even then i mean there were question marks with how they were as an organization that have never been that way with san antonio all right there's some more news that's piled up but we'll save that for tomorrow's show we're going to do a special friday edition here since we've been off for so long we'll get to the great tank race of 2018 momentarily but first uh, this from uh, one of danny's most recent favorite companies uh, stamps.com you've been using them quite a bit lately with the publishing of your book i have while i've been an online writer for a long time one of the nice things there is that all you can all you have to do is send out a link and somebody can read it if they choose to when you have a book it's a physical product and that that's really cool the idea i actually had this conversation during all-star with one of my friends from law school of like having something physical in your hands and saying hey i wrote this that's really cool the downside of it is if somebody wants one especially if they want one that involves you like it's signing it or something like that you have to send it and so there were certain people very important especially to me who got early copies and got him sent and so I, I was sitting there going well crap how am I going to do that I'm you know our schedules are kind of weird getting to the post office and all that and stamps.com was perfect because you can do it all from the comfort of your home they I have a 
mail, so making sure the packages, because sometimes people are getting multiple books. So you have all of that, and then you can arrange pickups and everything. So all of the elements of mailing things that used to be hard, and even the parts of it that honestly weren't that hard before, it makes everything easier and and workable, whatever your situation. Yeah, and if you, like Danny, would like to get started with, with stamps.com, you can get a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale at stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in our familiar Capspace code. Ah, it feels good to say Capspace. Again, I, I've missed it low these last uh, week or so. Uh, stamps.com, enter that Capspace code. That'll get you their special offer, four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. Stamps.com, enter that code Capspace. Let them know that you came from us. All right, so how are we going to do this? Are you want to go, uh, we've looked at nine teams in the tank race. That includes the Nets and the Lakers, even though they don't have their pick because we they're going to factor in to it, these lottery odds it's actually 10 including them which is oh, oh really ten, the lakers are the 10th team okay, yes the yeah. lakers are the 10th yeah. team and that and i think that's a just a, a basic point to make here which is why this is so insane is how many teams there are because these team all of them have similar incentives especially the first eight they all have their own draft picks they are all you know not going to make the playoffs and the, so it's not just two or three teams jockeying for position that many teams means you have to push harder because the difference between a successful tank and an unsuccessful tank is huge in terms of the draft pick that's available to you <laughs> i love how you characterize it as we, they, they have to push harder <laughs> like, we have to be truly committed uh and, and the bulls have, have really started that by the way we'll get to them i think they're gonna factor it and maybe it's not even fair to include the lakers in this although worth noting that their pick goes to philly unless it's two to five i don't see any way that they get into two to five unless the lottery odds break uh the celtics way uh the celtics get that pick that lakings pick two to five this year and then they get the kings uh unprotected next year unless it's uh top one in which case they would get a phillies pick but yeah i mean we can talk a little bit about the lakers they are at 23 and 34 as of now uh, projected to go a robust 11 and 14 over their next few games by 538 they do have seven games against uh, the bottom eight uh, but they don't really seem to have much motivation i think the biggest f- to tank obviously uh, or just to lose more games uh, as an ancillary result uh, of just what their normal behavior would be i think the most likely way that they could get a lot worse would be if they just buy some guys out but the only guy i really see as if they lost him would really hurt them might be kcp much as i know lakers fans that think he sucks but uh i mean i i would expect them to just continue to play at the same rate that they've been playing maybe not winning you know 11 out of 16 or whatever they've won recently but i expect them to continue to play reasonably well i'll try to only say this once on the podcast but what you want to consider for teams like the lakers and the nets that do not have their own pick is not that they're going to try to win every game out of spite because hey we don't have our pick so screw whoever gets it it's more an indifference and indifference is a whole lot better than active structural tanking but it is not if if you're indifferent in this race like you're a fucking juggernaut compared to the rest of these teams you you are and that's why (laughs) that's why i I noted for both the nets and the lakers how many games they play against the bottom eight because those games will matter but you know yeah they're they're not going to be great teams overall and so so we'll see how that goes from there but let's save those so we can talk about them a little bit towards the end because their incentives are just so different i think there are a bunch of different ways that you could order this but i thought the most fair way was just to go in terms of current record that and we'll go through what the projections are and whether we think those are fair but the team right now that is both has the worst current record and is projected by 538 to be the worst team at the end of the year is the phoenix suns yeah and i would have to say oh man i mean there are just i was about to be like oh yeah these are the clear worst to me uh i think i probably would pick them as my favorite to finish with the worst record how do you feel about that i i'm leaning actually away from them for one bigger reason which is a they have like a couple of them actually one they haven't really had the alfred payton devin booker combination payton actually i thought he looked pretty good in the games they played but booker was out during that time before the break after the trade deadline and also their coach is really trying to establish himself and a lot of these players even if they don't they don't have a ton of pending free agents other than payton and alex len a lot of guys who i think want to they want to play and tanking really is about it's about a couple things one of them is the motivation of everybody involved another one is is the talent and i think 
think the Suns, at least for the next couple weeks, are going to put out moderately competitive lineups. They're definitely flawed. They're going to have turnover. You know, they're going to have guys that that struggle, but they're a little bit deeper. Like I could see TJ Warren having a couple good games. I could see Alfred Payton or Devin Booker going off, that sort of a thing. And sure, they could lose some of those games like they have in the past, but I uh, I don't know. I could see them getting a couple games that maybe they quote unquote shouldn't get and pushing out of it, but they're, they are, they have the potential to be seriously off. Yeah. And they just have been so bad. I mean, both they and Sacramento have won so many more games than would be expected. And we went back to that, those first three games uh, under Earl Watson. I almost said Earl Warren. I'm really rusty here. (laughs) Uh, Those two people do not have a ton of similarities, Uh, but now they've started to really just be complete, especially on the road, just get completely blown. I mean, that Warriors game a couple of weeks ago, uh, right before the break was when Steve Kerr just had the players coach the team and they lost by like 47 or whatever it was. I mean, that was just an incredible non-compete. So yeah, maybe with Peyton, who presumably is going to play, I don't see him getting shut down. They want to see what they have in him. Booker, you could see him getting shut down. And also they really haven't played that much better when he's been out there as well. And then, I mean, they've just, they've got so many young guys here who are going to need to be reintegrated. Uh, Alan Williams is going to come back. He might actually help them. Looks like Tyson Chandler is going to miss time with a neck injury now. Uh, Chandler and Dudley are likely to be shut down at some point. I mean, Dudley, has they've still played probably better with him on the floor than just about anybody else. Uh, and then they just have so many tank commanders on this team as well. Marquise Chris is pretty spectacular in terms of that. If they just like, hey, Marquise, let's put the ball in your hands a lot more. Or And, and, and Josh Jackson has been a lot better, though I am very cautious. There have been people like, oh man, Josh Jackson's looks so good. Take a look at how many shots he's been taking in a lot of these games. Yes, his scoring totals are up, but he's taking a ton of shots. So counting stats are, yeah. you know, they're a little bit shaky there. And Josh Jackson, just as a rookie, even if he is a little older than some of these guys, he'll make some bad decisions out there. So, and they're going to start playing lineups. Like we'll see, you know, they've <laughs> they're going to play lineups Len. that make no sense. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be play. You're going to start like they, they started like Bender at center. I mean, these are kind of makes them more interesting to watch, but like Bender at center and then TJ Warren and Josh Jackson at four. And it's just, there's no way that you're going to be able to stop anybody with a, a front court like that. And then they don't have anybody who can stop anyone in the back. They, they, I mean, they, like they played Josh they, Jackson as the two against the Warriors that had problems too. Yeah. I, I think, and they're close to being worst in offense and worst in defense. I, I think they're a pretty darn good bet to be the worst defense in the league going forward here. Yeah. I um, would agree with that, especially because I think their best defensive players are going to play very little the rest of this year. Well, and then they got Jay Triano at coach who is never finished better than like the low the high 20s in defense i mean at least like the kings have dave yeager who has like somewhat of a track record of getting teams to stop somebody even if they're going with the, their young guys um yeah so i i would say the suns are i mean there are plenty of candidates here and this is that's why this is so interesting right i mean we've got what eight teams and then brooklyn as well within what three games of each other right now yeah i believe it is three games and to focus with bad teams you want to focus on the win column because they can make up losses you know if a team's right. played fewer games and so right now the suns the hawks the kings the grizzlies the mavericks the magic are all at 18 wins the nets are at 19 the bulls are at 20 they're really really close and the knicks are four games ahead but i mean man they're gonna be awful yeah the they just the they just the lost their O for february tonight so that's unfortunate for them oh yeah the, yeah they won at orlando that's right the first was, okay uh, so i'll go through their three categories two of which were your idea one of which i've been tracking for more than two weeks now which is so the first category is double tank games and so that is when these teams are playing each other so because those are a they're going to be unbelievably bad basketball but also they're going to be very important for settling this out because one team has to win so phoenix has five of those games left which is more than some but not far from the most two of those are at home three of those are away and i have no idea at this point i haven't if somebody nerdy enough wants to go back through it i have no idea whether the home road thing makes a difference intuitively to me i thought teams would try a little bit more at home so i wanted to track the difference yeah well i think you can and we saw this with sacramento in past years where they would just rest cousins on the road for like all of april for example so i think the more road games the more chances there are for these teams to rest their quote-unquote stars although i mean if you go through these teams it really is remarkable i mean who do you think is the best player on all of these teams right now that's an interesting question marcus on, on all eight yeah probably marcus all Mar- aaron gordon i mean man it's this is this is a third of the league we're talking about i mean this is just uh, and so uh, maybe you could 
say well that means they you know there aren't like big stars that they can roast i mean at some point gasol is gonna have to get shut down right like, that's hey let's gonna, not let's not jump the memphis gonna... section my friend <laughs> <laughs> but then so then the other the other the other two categories that we're doing for this which were your ideas which i think are going to be a lot of fun uh the biggest blowout so basically like what game has the potential to be like oh that's going to be a disaster and what i picked for this one is they play at houston on march yeah. 30th we're, we're still on phoenix by the we're way we're still for, on for phoenix. those of you who who yeah. perhaps justifiably criticize us for using too many pronouns uh we may skip around yeah. a little bit here because uh yeah. i'm kind of punchy after uh <laughs> an 18 hour drive back from colorado and this is also just a hilarious subject matter in any yes. event so, so but yeah the uh, suns that so, weekend does not look good for them yes the suns play at houston on the friday and then play at the warriors on the sunday so that's not going to be great oh man we already saw what happened i mean houston put up like that 90 point first half on them in a game when phoenix was trying and then the suns had that loss on national tv they don't have any more national tv games do they because if they play on national tv they may lose by 70 I mean, the, those two Friday night games, the one against Houston where they put up 90 points in the first half, and then that Spurs game uh, when they trailed by like 35 in the first half. I mean, th- that would just be a disaster if they're on national TV again. We might not even, uh, like, I, I think we should probably even prevent NBA TV from like looking in live to their games because they could just like lose 20 points uh, in the game, like just because NBA TV like checked in on them from the studio show at this point. So they have no, they have no network cable games, but they do have two NBA NBA TV games, both of which are look like they're going to be disasters playing Boston and the Warriors. I think those might get flexed out. I would hope that they do. Both of those are actually in the last two weeks of the season, too. So it's going to be even more egregious. Yeah, and Boston and Golden State are probably going to be trying. Uh, as I would, well I would think so. And the other category that you wanted, and, and I like this a lot, was the most critical game. And so that is in, in regards to the tank, not for any other purpose. And so the one that I picked was against the Atlanta Hawks on March 4th at, at Atlanta, because right now, these have been the two worst teams in the league in terms of overall record they're projected to be worst and tied for second worst and it's the only time they play so i picked it yeah that that'll be interesting although i i do feel like because atlanta i feel like they are in a different category than, than a few of these teams i mean we can talk about them now tied with the suns as you mentioned at 18 and 41 uh yeah, i mean the, i guess because there's really so little time left right now and, and we've really only got what like 25 games left for, for most of these teams and it's funny too to talk about like why this is such a big tank race when as of right now the worst of these teams has what 17 18 wins so that's really i mean we have seasons where teams only win 15 games or or even less than that so we're not going to have any of those this year right and i think that's also why it's so so weird this year is because if it had separated i think that would have reduced the incentives because if a couple of teams were at 13 or 14 wins but now it's like holy crap if we lose almost all the rest of our games we could get the we could have a good shot again the number one over i'll pick as opposed to getting like the number four but the the thing is though the kings and the suns like th- those are my two picks I, I think i would give i would put at least 50 percent of my eggs in those two teams baskets for who's gonna get the worst record because those two teams actually are really bad teams like the level we're talking about those are like you know 11 12 win type of teams in terms of their point differential they've just both gotten extremely lucky so far this year whereas some of these other teams are kind of you know they're about basically where they are some of them are even much better like the mavericks are even much better than this but uh yeah let, let's talk about the hawks you mentioned they have four double tank games um any anti-tanking motivation <laughs> you said no there's not any uh and certainly i think the way that the organization has committed to taking on bad contracts it has really committed to this rebuild just in an overall sense you have to imagine that at some point they're going to start shutting people down no actually i think there is some anti-tanking motivation just because of uh, coach bud i mean i think he just you know he i don't know how on board he is i don't think it, especially if you think like hey maybe if you're one of these people who thinks that maybe he's gonna leave pretty soon because he's not really you know he lost his uh president of basketball operations powers and then uh you know he's a pretty competitive guy he may want to say hey you know what i like i don't want losing you know 20 of our last 21 games on my record maybe that would be part of this it could be they also because they don't have as many pending free agents they depending on you know like muscala and deadman have player options which they could go either way on Ilyasova is one but it looks like he's choosing to stay there and so generally that's a very different thing if he wanted to get shut down or something like that he he could have facilitated a trade there are yeah. a lot of things I, he could have and done. i'm not sure he's good enough to get like a bunch of money from one of these teams right. that still has a, an exception available right that's totally fair so for me the the players who could get shut down which could really change things for them would be Bazemore and Schroeder. and it's not like
like those guys have been dominant this year, but they don't really, Atlanta doesn't really have replacements for either of them. So that could be an issue. And then maybe late Ilyasova, Deadman, Muscala, guys kind of of that range. Yeah. And Bud, to back up what I was saying earlier, says that Ilyasova is expected to remain the starting power forward. He's pretty important because he's the only guy in their front court really who can shoot much. I guess Muscala maybe falls in that category a little bit, but he's having a down year. Uh, and that he, he's going to pretty much keep the rotation the same for the time being. Maybe we'll get to that to the point. But yeah, I mean, if when management and coaching staff are not on the same page, I think that makes things a, a little bit more difficult. Um, and also, I guess it's an interesting question too of like, if the team is experienced at tanking, does that make them better at it? Or is are these teams like the Bulls or the Hawks, who this is kind of the first year that they're doing this, um, does that mean that they can kind of, they feel like they have enough equity to really be shameless about it? I think it might be the latter, especially when you see what the Bulls have been doing lately. Well, and that ties in with like with the Suns last year, the egregiousness of Eric Bledsoe. Does that mean that they can't do something so brazen this year? Like with Booker, let's say. Yeah, and he's young enough too that, I mean, that's a little different than Bledsoe. Bledsoe, the injury history. Although Booker, Booker has had, he's had enough nagging injuries this year that maybe, you know, there's a little bit more to that. And also I think teams are not going to be able to just be like, oh, Eric Bledsoe, we're just going to rest you for a, a month and a half like they did last year. I think that they're going to at least have to invent an injury this year. I don't know how much deterrent effect that'll actually have. I think another reason why the Hawks might end up towards the top in the in the bad way for their fan base in certain ways for the, of this group is that they also don't really have great tank commanders. They also have a good coach. But, you know, yeah. like Tyler Dorsey, Kavanaugh, Bembry, like all those guys are fine. And they're, I don't think they're going to be, they're not destructive enough. So sure, Dennis Schroeder can shoot them out of some games and all that kind of stuff. But he's still more talented than a lot of the other guys we're going to talk about on this list. So that I think that works to their, that works to their detriment in terms of the tank because they just you know they kind of they kind of are who they are and the the guys they're relying on are fine yeah hilariously they also have a friday sunday with golden state at golden state and at houston in march and and we already mentioned their most critical game uh, against phoenix but yeah i I would say that if we're just going to rank these teams based on like how well they're going to play the rest of the year you know i'd certainly have them above above the suns and the kings i would probably have them above the magic i'd have them above the grizzlies well i mean i don't know though like they still have tyreek they still have uh, marcus hole like the, the that might be the two best players <laughs> at least in terms of how they've played this year uh, on any of these teams yeah um, that's and, fair and, and the grizz are projected to do a little bit better uh, as well um yeah i mean I, I i don't know it's tough i mean the bulls are, are going to be a tough one to predict the grizzlies are going to be a tough one to, to predict as well but yeah i do think the hawks are i would guess that they will not finish in the bottom three unless they make some serious changes uh let's talk about dallas uh whose owner just got fined six hundred thousand dollars for revealing that not only does he believe it is better to lose games uh, he said that on dr j's podcast and later apologized saying that he was being too much of a fanboy and uh, uh not good when getting fined six hundred thousand dollars is not the worst thing that happened to your organization in a week but then he also revealed cuban did they told the players <laughs> that it would be better to lose and i still think those players are going to try but i mean just it's got to be pretty insidious when you know that that ownership is specifically telling you that he's not even making public comments but he's specifically telling you that and then telling everyone that he made those comments to them i mean that's just really bad it is what mitigates that to a point with dallas is that they have a bunch of play guys that i could absolutely see be a part of the rotation who are pending free agents of various stripes so nerlens noel if he can come back from the thumb injury he'll be unrestricted mcdermott salamejri and yogi ferrell are all restricted and those guys could all benefit from a little bit more attention just there are going to be so few mid-level exception spots all that kind of stuff out there so they those guys could be pushing I, i've talked to jonathan charks for real jam radio which will come out on friday probably and he's been following the mavericks closely because he lives in texas and he was saying something interesting that carlisle has started doing recently is playing guys together in unusual combinations some of this is due to devin harris being traded and that kind of thing but like he apparently maxi kleba and Salah Mejri hadn't played together all season then now they're playing like serious minutes together it's like oh okay let's put guys together who have no chemistry let's see how that works yeah nonetheless though the only way they've gotten to this point is just their incredibly terrible record in close games which even if they kind of try quote unquote it's still gonna they're not gonna match you know the 5 and 22 record they had at one point in close games and in fact they've started to play better in close games recently um they don't have a ton of vets who are playing 
joining me i imagine that dirk will get more strategic rest than he's gotten so far uh you mentioned also their anti-taking motivation of maybe wanting to be a free agent destination although it does seem to be that they have embraced the idea that it may not happen for them uh especially with the demise of demarcus cousins who they were long linked to there doesn't really seem anyone who's gonna rocket them back up into being you know a solid playoff team next year on the free agent market so they may sit this out a little bit and go the the bad contract route especially if there are assets out there to get um buyouts uh i regret to inform you that they have already waived josh mcroberts who would have been an excellent uh potential tank oh that's right i totally uh, forgot unfortunately yeah they they waived him i think they were just i mean i think he only played like one game all year and they were clearly just holding on to him for salary ballast and then when he didn't get traded they waived him to get uh so i mean they're probably gonna be doing a lot of i think they just signed uh Oh no, they had Antonius Cleveland and he signed elsewhere recently. Um, but they've got all these young guys. Dennis Smith is not an effective player. He's going to get even more the all you can eat in terms of shots and minutes now. But I just think that they're too well coached, even if they're not trying that hard and have a lot of young guys who, who are going to play hard. So I, I think I expect them again to kind of surge quote unquote into, you know, the five, six, seven type of range here. I don't see them among the lowest tier of these teams. I agree with that. They also have six double tank games, which is on the higher end, two home, four away. And their biggest blowout game I picked. And they'll probably be favored in a lot of those games. I I I think they could win. I mean, and they already beat the Lakers, who do not even qualify in this. They've had that that clutch win against them. I think the game they're going to get annihilated in is at Cleveland on April 1st. Cleveland has been a a great offensive team. And so that could could tie in. And their most critical game, for most teams, actually, for the tank purposes, I picked games where... the team was at home because it just seems like they're more likely to win those games but theirs is at Orlando on April 4th this could end up being one of the worst games of the year because both teams are on the tail end of a back-to-back with travel it's in Orlando but each team is going to do that so it could just be heinous yeah that doesn't sound good another stealth tank commander potentially for this team they've been talking about really bringing back New Orleans Noel and I want to say he has like a negative 18 net rating so far this year and they want to really give him another chance uh and that makes sense obviously but if he if they continue to play as poorly when he's on the floor as they did earlier in the year uh then that could maybe change things for them a, a little bit and also when you consider that noel is very likely to be playing with another big who can't shoot i mean if, i don't know if you want to say Kleba is in that category but uh you know they're harrison barnes west matthews like bo- both of those guys could very easily be like big time rest candidates as we get down the end of the year so if they take those guys out they're gonna have no shooting at all seth curry is already out for the year as well so they're they're very reliant on the, those wing guys and if they if those guys don't play then they're really gonna have just nothing at all in terms of shooting let's go to sacramento i felt a lot better about picking sacramento as the team that ends the season with the worst record before thursday night when they almost beat oklahoma city that game you know what russ hit a three with, with they took the shot with one second to go they are 18 and 40 538 projects them to finish 26 and 56 which is the fourth worst record in the league it's actually yeah and they're alone in fourth which is weird and their anti-tanking motivation would be more on the structural end with their you know depending on how Vlade and Dave Yeager feel about their places within the organization if they feel stable then there's plenty of incentive and remember they have a different set of circumstances because they do not have their own pick next year so this is really their one shot I think that's going to lead to some serious buy-in the other reason it's going to happen is because they're off yeah Uh, again I mean they for a, a long time this season were the worst offense and the worst defense and they also have vets who uh, they lost george hill who i think you know i don't know how much he was necessarily helping them but he was at least a guy who could hit some three-pointers and you know wasn't playing at the absolute hardest in the world but still was much better defensively than anyone they have you have to zebo has been hitting like every jump shot for a couple month period here you imagine he will get shut down pretty quickly casa kufos they had found something on occasion with he and Cauley sign playing together remains to be seen whether Ramon Shumpert will get into their rotation very much or not although he's had some issues coming back from a surgery although the Kings appear to believe that he can actually help them save nine million dollars next year no uh he's too bad that talent's gonna get edited out but uh so maybe he'll play uh the danger for their tank maybe is that you know guys like De'Aaron Fox Bogdanovich has actually been pretty good that maybe just some of their rookies will start 
playing better uh but they still have just like no experience at all uh, on the wing they they're i, I think i believe they're gonna... i believe they're the only team in this mix that has gives all of their mi- point guard minutes to rookies i think that could end up really helping them here yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it'll help them to push hard as as you said so uh, eloquently um yeah and so scal is gonna play more obviously buddy healed will probably play more frank mason who came back today although he actually could help them a, a little bit uh i don't know if they're gonna play <laughs> pruno caboclo that'll be interesting um and i mean they're gonna have some pretty ugly games uh, as well including a back-to-back at utah after playing at golden state that could end up being a disaster i mean teams often struggle with utah at the tail end of back-to-back second highest elevation in the league and doing that after playing the warriors is going to be rough even though they did beat the warriors at oracle in their other matchup this year though stephen curry and kevin Durant did not play in that game their most critical one is they've host atlanta on march 22nd that could end up being you know it's late enough in the season that both those teams could kind of see what they are and something else with the kings is that because they have so many guys on rookie contracts i think they will actually be more worth watching than a vast majority of these teams because scal De'Aaron fox buddy healed frank base like all these guys bogdanovich as long as they play yeah. him like at least there's some curiosity about these guys absolutely right? and so yeah i, I think that my, they were and they still are my prediction to finish with the worst record but they're feistiness in weird games like this remember they also beat cleveland at the golden one center earlier this year they might end up swinging a couple games that they they have no business winning but i still think their combination of being a bad team and and the clear-cut incentives compared to some of these because they don't have their pick in 2019 will push them to the absolute bottom yeah as i said earlier kings and Suns are to me the clear picks uh uh, for favorites to to be one two in the the lottery seating if you would like to look a lot better than all of these teams are going to look at on the court for the rest of the season allow me to suggest to our friends at movement watches this company is growing like crazy they now have sold almost two million watches we used to say they've sold over a million watches now they're almost up to two million in 160 plus countries so if you're an international listener great way to support the cop the pod by going to movement.com mvmt.com slash cap space url that will get you 15 percent off today with free shipping and free returns at movement.com mvmt.com slash cap space and what i'd suggest to you is just go check out that url and you will be extremely impressed i think with the style of these watches considering that they start at just 95 dollars, and that of course is before you get that 15 percent off discount they've got classic design quality construction style minimalism my fiance ones loves the one that she has my mom has one she actually bought gifts for her nieces my cousin so a man or woman it makes it a great gift and once again the way to get started with them movement.com mvmt.com slash cap space is that url join the movement and let them know that you came from us with that slash cap space url so where are we going next here to a team that actually lost tonight and facilitated their tank the orlando magic 18 and 40 538 projects them to finish tied for fifth worst record with dallas and memphis at 28 and 54 what makes them more volatile than teams are two big different factors one is they have the most double tank games eight they in counting the one today when they lost to the knicks in orlando the other being that they had a couple of talented players just return aaron gordon who is a pending restricted free agent nick vucevic who has one more year in his contract so my thought before today was that oh you know maybe they'll pick up a couple of games during this time they're getting those guys back and about halfway through that game i felt oh man that was such a smart call and then they got blown out in the second half as the knicks actually played some defense and then you remembered oh yeah that's right they can lose games pretty easily right now and they have an absolute ton of guys that they could shut down depending on how they feel about this yeah terrence ross remember him uh, actually could be back at some point by the way i didn't remember hearing that he also suffered a non-displaced fracture of his uh tibial plateau in addition to that mcl sprain that's probably why it's taken so long for him to, to get back i mean that was november 29th we haven't heard word one uh, about him returning which normally for an mcl sprain you know two months would be about then he's just started running so maybe he's got a, a ways to go before he even starts practicing yet but maybe he could help them uh, to some degree and he's going to want to try and at least get back healthy i actually think that amazingly john isaac who is supposed to play with their lakeland g league team uh, over the weekend potentially might help them if he plays more because then they won't be playing those awful two big lineups any longer and they've also been very unlucky in 
close games. I mean, one of my predictions for this month was that they would actually begin to play better, losing at home to the this Knicks team and giving up 26 points to Trey Burke is not a great start there. But nonetheless, uh, I think when you consider so, some of these free agencies, that they're getting some guys back from injury, even though they moved on from Peyton, they still have at least like semi-competent point guard play with both Mac and Augustin. I don't think they're like going to play really well or anything, but you know, I'd have them kind of maybe ending up in the four to five type of range, I would say, rather than the absolute bottom. Especially because with get just getting Gordon and Vooch back, I think they're going to give those guys at least a couple of weeks and that should, that could swing a couple of games. They have a lot of these against the dregs and, you know, yeah. like, the, and Vucevic, they're going to want to play, you know, in case they could maybe trade him or exactly. something too, I would say. And they also, they have steady vets at the point guard spot. They're not necessarily the most talented, but I think that hurts the idea right. of a tank. And Hazonia can go both ways. He's been very productive when he's gotten more playing time, but his brashness with his aggressiveness as a shooter will help them win some games maybe and help them lose some games. So you could say that he so, can be a tank commander at, at moments, but not the same way. And he's not going to have the opportunity nearly as much now that Gordon's back. And especially if Isaac returns and they actually want to play him because Isaac is, you know, a far bigger part of their future than his own. Yeah. With Vucevic back, although he's really benefited from great three-point lock on both ends of the floor when he's been out there, we'll see less of Biombo, who has a negative 11.6 net rating. They moved on from Alfred Payton, who uh, had a negative 7.6 net rating. And John Simmons, uh, who was playing so well at the start of the year, sprained his ankle today. We'll see how much time he ends up missing. But some of their worst net rating guys are actually going to be playing a, a fair amount less, although I don't know how much to ascribe their struggles uh, to those uh, particular players. They don't really, I think a, a lot of their issues were just from having, like, not only the injuries, but then I mean, with Vucevic out, Gordon out, Isaac out for large periods of time. I mean, they're giving time to a lot of guys who are not very good. And so I think that's another reason why they're going to start playing better. I think it's, unless they really start shutting guys down, I think they're just going to be kind of run of the mill bad for the rest of the season. You know, I, I would project them, you know, kind of playing at like a 25, 27 win type of pace the rest of the year. And in fact, 538's projection has them going 10 and 14 the rest of the season. Fournier is a big one to watch just because they don't have a perfect guy to replace him, but they have shot creation at other spots. So yeah, I, I agree with that broadly speaking, but the variance because they have eight double tank games, seven left is, is going to be important. Let's move on to Memphis. Oh, oh well, one other thing we got to talk about uh, what their biggest potential blowout. Oh yeah. So they play at Toronto on April 8th, late in the year. By that point, anybody who's sitting will be sitting. It's the front end of a back-to-back. And then their most critical game, we talked about this in the Dallas section, that game where they host Dallas, that is a tail end of a back-to-back for both teams. And that's on April 4th. Yeah, that Toronto game, the only reason why perhaps that wouldn't be a total blot is if Toronto's already wrapped up the number one seed by that point. That would be a little early. It's possible if, if Boston slips back a little bit. Um, They have a home game on the last day of the season against the Wizards. And we saw how ridiculously they tried to tank. Or actually, no, did they Did they actually try and play in that game? I think they kind of did, actually. That I think they did. Detroit, the last game of the season. God, last that year. was amazing. Uh, Their game at the Knicks is going to be critical. I mean, they've got they've actually got an amazing stretch here danny oh wow okay so march 24th home against the suns then home against the nets then home against the bulls then at hawks at knicks then home against the mavs so they have six games in a row against, against fellow 10. tankers and, and oh man and they remember better, they better that, start shutting dudes down quick and remember the game after that is against charlotte and charlotte by that point could be there too oh wow this uh, but i think and then their remaining schedule is relatively easy though i mean obviously when they they have that stretch but uh all right yeah let's get to the grizzles now uh, also 18 and 38 uh, two games behind the magic in the all-important loss column uh projected to finish a game worse than the magic at 27 and 55 tough to say what their motivation is they obviously should be really tanking I mean, this is at least the way they see themselves as oh we got mike conley and marcus all these guys are like you know john stockton and carl malone like we're gonna keep these guys around and win 50 games forever or never again but if that's how they see themselves that almost should be more motivation to this oh this is the one year so we better tank it and also the fact that they their 2019 pick uh, is top eight protected uh to the celtics so they have a little bit of that same king 
Young's motivation as well. But then you do some dumbass shit like not trade Tyreek Evans. So who knows what they're doing? They also have this weird mix of young guys that are intriguingly capable. Like Wayne Selden, I like Wayne Selden, but I think they should play him. He's yeah. better than some they, of these. They've they've continued to play very hard. This yes, team. they have, and they do have a lot of guys beyond Connolly who's already been shut down that they can shut down. Gasol, Chandler Parsons, Jamichael Green. You know, basically their ideal starting lineup. You can shut all those guys down except Wayne Shel- Wayne Selden. Their pending free agents aren't that strong. Obviously, Tyreek is the headliner. Chalmers. I'm sure would love to to establish his stock a little bit. Harrison's non-guaranteed, but I don't think he's playing for a contract. I would expect that he would be back next year. And they have six double tank games, three home, three way. That's on the higher side. And if they're playing hard in those games, at least some guys, that's probably enough to to throw that in some real jeopardy. Like if they win four of those six or something, then that gets them, you know, that probably gets them above the bottom, bottom team. So there's a couple of interesting stats here. We talked about potentially, you know, who is going to get shut down and what that would do. They actually are even on the season with Marcus Gasol off the floor. And they are negative 9.4 when Tyreek is off the floor so and they really just cannot score when Tyreek is off the floor 99.4 offensive rating so he in some ways might be their most critical player and they kept him (laughs) and and that also makes it so much more complicated because presumably part of they're actually positive for the season by the way when Tyreek is on that's amazing 0.2 net rating when he's on the floor and 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 he's not going to continue to play this well and shoot this well and you know they're going to be playing more young guys and blah blah but still that's that's a remarkable and considering they they kept him around presumably to re-sign him it gets even more fraught because that means it's exceedingly unlikely that they're not going to buy him out i don't know what that means in terms of shutting him down i guess that would just be kind of talking to him and seeing what he wants because if you want a guy to come back then you want him to be happy and whatever he wants in terms of being happy does he want to mitigate the risk a little bit and just say hey i've had a really good year i want to walk away from at this point does he want to compete for six man of the year i i don't know how he's probably actually not going to be eligible i haven't gone through his numbers recently but all that kind of stuff but yeah tyree could really Really gum up the works for them in a couple of games and also like some of these other teams their real tank commander type guys are more they have all these weird young bigs those guys don't have the ball in their hands enough to be really destructive yeah and I think they're going to continue to play hard and at least defensively they've got jb bickerstaff an interim coach is going to continue to try i mean the whole organization is carping about all these foul calls and stuff like it seems like they're still really trying and their defense on the season you know is not horrible it's they have the 20th ranked defense in the league and a negative 4.1 net rating and they're gonna have to really really step it up if they're gonna uh compete in this race uh and they also don't have like an incredibly difficult schedule the rest of the way either i mean they had like you had their biggest blowout is at minnesota that's actually not that rough of a game yeah they play cleveland on friday night but they host them and then they they don't really have that many road games against good teams they have you know minnesota Minnesota twice they have oh yeah I should probably, I should probably have picked Minnesota the second time because that'll be on the tail end of back-to-back so yeah April 9th is the bigger blowout than the other time they play them but yeah I mean they, they don't I don't think they play the Rockets or the Warriors at all the rest of this year and I think they only play OKC once so yeah they'll, they'll have an opportunity here to, to, to you know play some games against teams that they can beat whether they should beat them or not is a very different question and so what I picked for their most critical game late in the year they host the Sacramento Kings all also, the added emotion with Zebo and, to a lesser extent, Vince Carter returning to and Dave Yeager, and Dave Yeager to the FedEx Forum. Uh, that could end up being if he could de- if he could deny the Grizz a loss in that game, it really would be you know <laughs> just so satisfying <laughs> for, his, for his coaching career. But yeah, so my my instinct with Memphis is that they don't end up in that real bottom group, but but anywhere in that next range from like three or four to to all the way to eight, I think they could be anywhere in there. So. So the Bulls are 20 and 38. They have a few more wins than they might like to have at this point in the season. That just, that awesome December that they had is really going to come back to bite them potentially. Although in their defense, you know, they it wasn't actually possible to trade Nikola Mirotic until January 15th because he signed resigned with uh, full bird rights. Uh, they are projected to finish though 29 and 53. So to go 9 and 15 the rest of the way. Don't see really any anti-tanking motivation for this team other than young guys just trying to establish their careers i think fred hoiberg has largely played to good reviews this year the front office this tanking was part of the plan 
And uh, they certainly, uh, with the benching and just straight up like inactivity of Robin Lopez and Justin Holiday today, have signaled that they are going to go all out. Cristiano Felicio started. Cameron Payne is in the rotation now for sure. Although everyone's saying he's going to play a little bit better, but they want to find out what they have in him. Fine. They did exercise his option. That's probably a good idea. Uh, you did leave out uh, another key tank commander, though, Danny. Paul Zipser. I can't believe you didn't mention him uh, at all. Although, big problems for their tank effort. He left the game with foot pain uh, on Thursday. Uh, so uh, that's a little bit of an issue. But I think they played well. You know, they only lost by one. Uh, it, to it took a pretty massive collapse late. I mean, they were up five with yeah. 35 seconds to go, I believe. And that's actually a part of the reason why I think they're not going to be at the bottom of this is because they have Dunn and Levine, who both for different reasons are going to push Dunn as a, a noted competitor and trying to establish himself in the Bulls. I mean, they could be a contender for point guards, even though they gave up resources. He was a part of the Jimmy Butler trade. And Levine, I mean, he's a pending restricted free agent. I think he's going to try his hardest, at least offensively, for the remainder yeah. of the season. But, but, and you said offensively, that could mean he's going to just take every shot. And also they're going to need him to take every shot. And his defense could just be, could really suffer from that. I mean, to the extent that it can get any worse, you would expect that perhaps that could happen. So he could be like a solid, like stealth tank commander, potentially. I also think Markkanen, just he's, he's consistent enough and it can be a positive that I think that could, could hurt their tanking efforts as well. Not, oh, pro- yeah. I, I mean, he he's good enough and, to cause and Bobby Portis is always going to play hard too. I mean, Bobby he had Portis like had thirty eight tonight. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, I, I really would like to go back and see how it's possible that he could score thirty eight points in a game. I mean, I guess he just made a bunch of jumpers. That's but, that sounds like a fifteen and sixty topic, my friend. <laughs> and and we are looking for the topics for teams like this, especially the ones, especially the teams that are in this conversation as well. The game I picked for their biggest blowout is they play at Houston on March twenty seventh. That's going to be an absolute disaster and an early most critical game for them they host memphis march 7th that you know i think they'll be clarifying for kind of both these teams because i expect both of them will not be sitting their best players at that point and that's really the deciding element for this for them is when do they start sitting the guys they have that can actually play chris dunn larry Markkinen, zach levine we've already seen it because all those guys are young now i mean they're gonna you know they talked about maybe lopez could come back and play a little bit or holiday could come back and play but like you you have to imagine those guys aren't going to play that much i think the key is going to be you know Payne, felicio zipser like how much are those guys going to just kill them and how much are those guys really going to play because i think the rest of their young guys are like you know okay enough noah vonley is okay ish you know i mean these are guys who at least will like compete in defense and you know have at least established like replacement level of play like you really if you really want to get down there you got to get these guys who just you know are horrible and that's what Payne, felicio and zipser have been in their bulls careers uh I guess actually not last year, but this year they have been. I feel like that's a pretty solid lead in to the team that of these, I think the only of these eight teams that won today because the Kings ended up pulling, snatching victory or defeat from the Jaws of Victory. The Knicks, 24 and 36, they're projected to be a little bit separate from this group, though I think some of that is just still A, some preseason stuff and just have, they had Kristaps Porzingis until a couple weeks ago. So 538 projects them to finish 33 and 49, but being at 24 wins already with the one today, means that they're going to have to fall like a stone because I think a few of these teams aren't even going to get to 23. So that's going to yeah, be a challenge. that's quite possible. And their anti-tanking motivation, I don't know how Hornacek's feeling about his job. You know, the front office has changed over since he took poor. over. I, I, I think he's feeling quite poor. I think like the, most of the reporting seems to indicate that well, and uh, the Noah stuff, he, he's like coaching the, for his job. And the the, the, the there was, I thought I saw some reporting when I was at All-Star that, that, he, that there was a physical altercation with Noah, which is a little bit different different than the report yeah. that I had seen that gets into some complicated stuff they also do have a, a a weird batch of pending free agents Kyle Quinn has a player option he could decline Michael Beasley Jared Jack Trey Burke all could be free agents this coming summer and you know they have reasons to want to shine you know they have reasons to want to play and so that's a lot of their ball handling but they have Emmanuel Moutier, and that could be very useful. Yeah, so Trey Burke, is, uh, they got to stop playing him a little bit. Yeah, he scored uh, he's a, he been, scored like 23 tonight? 26. Jesus. Yeah, I, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, yeah, the 0.8 net rating with Trey Burke on the floor, and the, he hasn't played much with Porzingis. Now, of course, these projections that have them with 33 wins uh, this season, so so they're projected to go 9-13 and 13 the rest of the year. That seems, they seem a great bet to be much lower than that because, A, they're not going to be trying 
thing and b uh, Kristaps porzingis is out for the year with that torn acl with porzingis off the floor scrolling down scrolling down negative 6.1 net rating with him off the floor which actually uh that is a a they have their worst net rating uh when porzingis is off the floor but still only negative 6.1 like i don't think that's actually going to cut it to really get them down into the depths that they're going to need to plumb here but they can do some load management on on a few of these players tim hardaway jr ennis canner courtney lee and then the vets beasley and jack i think beasley could end up you know being being a positive for them in certain in certain elements and then also they can play frank nokina a lot more and well i love him defensively you know just say hey frank take a bunch of jump shots that that can work out reasonably well and i haven't seen a ton from dotson yet but usually rookies are not exactly productive in terms of you know those sorts of minutes so they're going to have an opportunity one thing that's striking about the Knicks schedule and it's going to be worth watching in their final 11 games they only play one against a bottom eight team and that is they host Orlando on the 3rd of April and also remember that a lot of teams get up to play at Madison Square Garden it's like hey we're playing at the garden and all that kind of stuff you also get the you know the the Sunday afternoon games are going to be some some amazing garbage but I could see them just losing a couple of those games like the the double tank ones where it's like hey we're playing at Madison Square Garden we're playing the Knicks and they just like a guy scores 20 or something like that and, and ends up beating them yeah you could see them also shutting down like a Kyle O'Quinn or an Ennis Cantor late you're forgetting another potential tank commander the Unicornet Luke Cornet a uh negative 27 or negative 20.7 net rating in uh 48 minutes but uh he, he's gonna get some shots up <laughs> if he's out there <laughs> and and on the MSG line what I picked I think they're the only team that the biggest blowout I picked was a home game and that's because they host the Warriors in a couple days and I think feel like they're going to get absolutely demolished yeah we'll see the Warriors are really you know their their defense is not what it used to be so um and Moutier you know he's going to play plenty he started and yeah at the beginning of the game he was always been awful they were neg- at the beginning of that game they were negative 17 in his first 16 minutes but that toned down a little bit when they played better in the second half so the last thing we need to talk about because we kind of hit on the Lakers a little bit already uh is the Nets and yeah okay no tanking motivation because they don't have their pick it's it belongs to cleveland of course but a couple of reasons number one they've been awfully they're one and nine in their last 10 uh they are to have the tied for second worst projection at 26 and 56 so then again these are of course very much bunched up they have seven games against the bottom eights so there's a lot of volatility there and they also have just shown a willingness to bench their vets late in the season when they haven't had their pick the last couple of years anyway just to kind of maintain or whatever you know you could see d'angelo russell who's been off injured uh you could see dinwiddie who they might try to extend getting shut down hilariously you mentioned uh timofey mozgov as a benching candidate i don't think he's played in the last three months no he so. did i saw him i saw him. He, i also saw him coaching at basketball without borders so maybe it was just me seeing him on a court made me think that i saw him play basketball <laughs> yeah or maybe he's playing at the end of a, of a lot well, but some, they do some, have an, an amazing tank commander though and that's uh jill okafor they have a, a crazy arsenal of young guys if they want to go to this i mean isaiah whitehead can play some meaningful minutes for them Oof. They can go Stauskas, Jaleel. They have all these sorts of like, because if they if they sit guys, they have all these young guys that they can give minutes to, and they probably will. And and yeah, and and Damari is the guy who's critical for them. Rondé Hollis Jefferson has been injured. You could see both of those guys getting shut down, and then they just have absolutely nothing on the wing. You could see Joe Harris uh, as well, a pending free agent. They could kind of just you know take it a little easy with him, uh, so he doesn't get hurt before his free agency. It, there are a lot of candidates here. I, I, I think that they're and then if anything now they did start d'angelo russell they're gonna or they're gonna start russell and uh he's another stealth tank guy by the way he's been pretty bad since he got back i think he had has had one good game but other than that he struggled so if they play he and dinwiddie together that'll be interesting uh but russell especially defensively is another stealth tank candidate the other important element for them is that their good players aren't good enough to elevate if the other players are sabotaging them like yeah sure spencer spencer dinwiddie can have some nice games and he can do that alan crab is a talented guy i don't think other than if he goes off like he did that one game a couple weeks ago that crab is going to win you a lot of games he's just he helps your team be better but that's just not his strength 
Yeah, it's really a shame for the Cavaliers that Jared Allen has been has showed as much promise as he has in his starting because if they just had really no young center candidates, they'd be playing Okafor more. And he is a negative 26.2 net rating in wow. 286 minutes, uh, 91.1 offensive rating, 117 defensive rating for Jalil Okafor as a net. Well, it is good that they received that second round pick in that trade rather than giving it out. Oof. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. Uh, anything, any other like big realizations you've come to here? Should we just do like our final projected order? We can do that. So for me, I think starting, I, I think Kings most likely to have the worst record than the Suns. Then it gets a little bit stickier. I think I'm going to go Hawks, Magic, then Grizzlies, Bulls, Nets, Mavericks. I think that's where I'm going to go. And then the Knicks. I don't know if I can go all the way here, but I, I mean, if, if we want to do our usual tier system, i'd say suns and kings are like the the worst here i mean and they've just been so much worse throughout the course of the season than any of these other teams i mean both those teams are negative eight net rating or below and i think the the next worst after that is like six and and most of these i mean dallas you know we're talking about them they've got like a negative 2.5 net rating you know that's just it's going to be tough for them to play badly enough here i think i would actually say if i had to pick a specific team to be the third seed i would actually say the nets i think that that the they just have been playing so poorly lately and they've had all the motivation in the world to try and win these last two years and that hasn't helped them at all so whether they're trying or not uh i think they could end up looking pretty bad here to be the third seed uh but i would also put the hawks in the same category as them as well and then i think the rest of it's kind of a crapshoot after that maybe you could throw the magic in there but i still think the magic just have too many nba players now with all these guys getting healthy um and have shown the capability to actually play well at some point in the season the bulls to me are the biggest enigma because i think they're gonna try the hardest out of any of these teams but again they probably just have like too much quality in their young players i mean unless they're really they're gonna be very reliant on felicio Payne, and zipser and the zipser injury could be critical here danny i I hope you acknowledge that uh so the bulls have like the most volatility in this to me and maybe the grizz as well depending on what happens with gasol and evans but i think as long as those two guys are playing and are healthy you know the grizz are gonna struggle to get near the, the top five it's something else for Chicago that that will be a problem for the tank is that after this three game road trip where they you know they might even win at Brooklyn it's possible they host Dallas and Memphis on their next homestand I could absolutely see them winning both of those games and if you if they win both of those they're pushing because they're already at 20 wins they're already ahead of all of these teams that could push them closer to the line where it's basically like they would have to lose out or close to it to really stay in contention for the number one pick they could still get three or four absolutely but number one I think is going to be you know more in the 2021 20, range something something around there all right, i think that'll do it for today anything you want to talk about i think i know people are probably fiending for content uh overall after you know we've had this kind of break for all-star so i i wrote about or i'm going to write about basketball without borders for real gm i'm hoping that'll come out friday uh the the players that were interesting takeaways i also talked about that a little bit with sam vicini on his show and i have real gm radio with jonathan charks of the ringer that will come out on friday we record it today as long as i get it edited in time but i will and we're gonna have more dunked on in the near future because we're doing the different release schedule this week yep yeah we'll be back uh, tomorrow so give you a little entertainment over the weekend uh not sure we're gonna talk about yet but it'll be interesting it's awesome you can trust us right uh i mean nothing could be more entertaining than uh this podcast that has been to set up the tank race and i think uh, in concert with this we'll probably have to do a few more of these like double tank games that, that you have highlighted uh for dunked on breakdowns uh, for a little comedic relief for us so again don't forget about our sponsors as well stamps.com use that cap space code or movement watches mvmt.com slash cap space to check out uh, some beautiful new watches and get 15 percent off talk to y'all tomorrow till then across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.